You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Happy Victory Sunday to you. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Indianapolis Colts 27-24, advancing to the divisional round of the playoffs and collecting the team's first playoff win since 1995. The boxes keep getting checked under Coach McDermott. Playoff drought, way behind us. Division title drought, over. Playoff win drought, now that's over. I'll tell you what, these playoff wins, they hit different. My goodness. It's a, it ain't like winning a regular season game. The emotion, the feel, it is just different. I'm sure you had a wonderful Saturday afternoon celebrating that win and sorting out your thoughts and just being so happy about the football team that we get a chance to root for. I thought the Bills would win this game, and I I quite honestly, I wasn't ready for the season to end. You know me, I always have a healthy amount of respect for every team that the Bills play, and the fact that every team in the NFL can beat every team, there's always a path to that happening. But I know that I wasn't like emotionally ready for this to be it. I didn't want to spend any time talking about the Bills being one and done for the third time in three tries under Coach McDermott. I didn't want to spend any time debating whether or not the season was a disappointment because there wasn't a playoff win. And folks, we don't have to. The Bills won, and they're on to the divisional round of the playoffs, and it will be played at home at Bills Stadium. The Indianapolis Colts are a good football team. They have exceptional coaching. Frank Reich and his staff, they are the real deal. They had the right script and the right plan to beat the Bills on Saturday. Unfortunately for the Colts, that script required one too many things to go right for the Colts, and it didn't account for the rules of playing quarterback not applying to Josh Allen. So let's do what we do here on this podcast. We'll start things off with things I liked. We'll get into things I didn't like, and I've got a lot to say within those two segments. So uh, a lot of thoughts are coming your way on this team and on this game. And then we'll close out this podcast by revisiting my predictions for the game and talking about what's next for the Bills and the podcast. But first, are we ready for some football? The NFL playoffs are in full swing. There is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Maybe you want to put some cash down on the Bills next week in the playoffs or you like what another team can get done. Check out betonline.ag because they have the best lines in the business. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
Let's get into things I liked from this football game, and I'm starting with Josh Allen. 26 of 35, 324 yards, two passing touchdowns, 11 rushes, 54 yards, and a rushing touchdown. First ever player in NFL history to throw for over 300 yards, tally a 70-plus completion percentage, and rush for 50 yards in a playoff game. The whole list, Josh Allen. Nobody else has ever done it. He's a special player. He's a special football player. The things he's able to get done on the football field, off script, what his arm allows him to do, he's special. He's got to be such a nightmare to defend. Just Have you thought about that? Have you thought about what it's like to play against Josh Allen? To be a fan of a different team going up against Josh Allen? It's got to suck. It's got to suck. That's the only way I can put it. This game and this performance by Josh Allen was very reminiscent to me of early season Bills games this year where Josh Allen was the team. Defense is struggling, can't run the football, but Josh Allen somehow orchestrates enough offense for the team to win. Remember when I would feed you numbers all the time about the percentage of offense that Josh Allen was responsible for? Well, here we are again. Josh Allen was responsible for 355 of the Bills, 397 total yards. That's 89%. Josh Allen is why the Bills have won a playoff game for the first time since 1995. It's translating over to the playoffs. There was some fear, right? It's the playoffs. Will Josh Allen press? Will he do YOLO things? How is he going to respond to there being fans in the stadium in Buffalo? Is he going to be too amped up and not play the way he did during the regular season? Non-issue. Josh Allen was sensational. Next thing, wide receiver one was wide receiver one, Stephon Diggs. Six catches, 128 yards, and a touchdown. He had that early drop in the game, and he was pretty quiet in the first quarter. But then he showed up and showed out the rest of the way. Continues to prove to be the exact playmaker that this offense needed to to, turn the corner. How about Gabriel Davis, the Bills' rookie wide receiver? I don't have any complaints about him this week. Four catches, four targets, 85 yards. Those two grabs along the sideline and the drive right before the half, those were sensational. He gives you size. He gives you ball skills down the field. That's who he is, the perfect wide receiver for for this offense right now. How about Cole Beasley? Seven receptions, seven targets, 57 yards. Dude's moving the chains, and he gutted it out. You could tell he wasn't near 100% or even close to it, but it's the playoffs. Cole Beasley put it all on the line gutted it out, made some big-time catches, made some plays after the catch as well where he was able to angle himself in a way that made it hard for the Colts defenders to get their hands on him and tackle him. That dude gutted it out. He showed a lot of heart in this football game. How about the running backs in the passing game? Singletary and Moss combined for seven catches, 49 yards. Josh was willing to hit some of those check-down throws in this game, which is a really good idea against cover, too. It was nice to see them show up in the passing game. Thought Devin Singletary played well. 
Only had six touches in the game, but 44 yards on those six touches with the Zach Moss injury, which we'll get into here later. Devin Singletary is going to have to play a big part here moving forward. I'm sure that TJ Yeldon will now be active. Antonio Williams will be called up from the practice squad and onto the active roster. But Devin Singletary, I think, is the Bills' best running back. And um, it was good to see him produce 44 yards on six touches. How about Daryl Williams with that fumble recovery? Monumental play in the game. Showed great effort and got the ball. I mean, there are a lot of Colts players right there. Colts recover that fumble late in the game by Josh Allen. Might not be having a Victory Sunday podcast right now. But that was a heads-up play. Showed great awareness and great effort. Just to kind of tie a ribbon when it comes to the offense, they had touchdown drives of 85 yards, 96 yards, and 77 yards. Wasn't a great day for the offense in general, right? There were some low lights. We'll get into that here in just a moment. But at the end of the day, to come up with those long touchdown drives, 96 yards, the longest ever in Bill's postseason history, to be able to come up with those drives is a difference in the game. How about Tyler Bass? I want to spend some time here. Two out of two for field goals, three out of three for extra points. Perfect once again. I want to talk about that 54-yard field goal. It's fourth and six at the Colts' 36-yard line. Eight minutes, eight seconds left in the fourth quarter. Bills are up 24-16. to McDermott's got three choices. One of them is to punt. No way, no how. McDermott was never going to do that, but it was something he could do in that situation. He could go for it, and I would understand if he did. In my mind, I kind of wanted the Bills to go for it. You've got an elite offense, which includes the NFL's leading receiver in Diggs, second-team All-Pro in Cole Beasley, and an NFL MVP candidate in Josh Allen. He had a stretch in this game, Josh Allen did, where he completed 12 consecutive passes spanning from the third to fourth quarter. He was hot. If you convert that by going for it, great. You're in business, got a chance to score a touchdown. If anything else, you take more time off the clock and you have a closer field goal. If not, okay, the worst-case scenario is that Indy takes control of the ball at its own 36-yard line, and even if they score a touchdown, they still have to make the two-point conversion for the game to be tied. There was no scenario in which you could be losing after the Colts' drive if the Bills would have turned the ball over on downs. I was completely fine if Sean McDermott made the decision to go for it, even if he didn't get it. The other option, option number three, was kick the field goal. If you miss it, that's not good. That's bad. Colts would get the ball at the 44-yard line, and they're in business. You make it, and you're up two scores with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. A two-possession lead is critical late in the game like that. Let's hit pause. Remember the playoff game from last year against Houston? The Bills had a chance in a dome to attempt a 59-yard field goal with 135 left in the fourth quarter, down three. The Bills are losing. A minute and a half left in the game, fourth quarter, you're down three. Had a chance to kick a field goal with Steven Hauschka that could have tied the game. Now, Luckily, the Bills wind up punting. They force a very quick three and out, get the ball back, hit a short field goal. The game goes to overtime. You got a chance. 
but 59 yards, 135 left in the game, fourth quarter, down three. You could have tied it. The Bills punted. You know why? Because Hauschka didn't have the leg, and it was fourth in a million. Back to this year, 54 yards, a rookie kicker, first ever playoff game. McDermott puts him in the game, and he drills it. And that's why they drafted Tyler Bass. Moments just like this. Last year, they didn't have the kicker that can make that kick. This year, they do. That's why they got Tyler Bass, and it paid big-time dividends. That 54-yard field goal, the longest ever by a rookie in NFL postseason history. Corey Bajorquez continues to be an excellent punter, just like we all expected. How about this one? Two penalties for seven yards. This penalty thing's turning around. The Bills were very bad when it comes to penalties in the regular season. 6.4 per game. That's the sixth most in the NFL. Over the last three games, the Bills have not committed more than three penalties. Two for seven yards in this game. All right, let's talk about the defense a little bit here. I don't have a ton of good things to say about the Bills' defense from this game, but I will say a few things. The unit came up with huge stops when it absolutely had to be done. The first one was late in the second half when the Bills had a goal line stand on defense. Colts had the ball first and goal from the four-yard line, came away with no points. How about the last play of the game? The Hail Mary. You guys probably felt the same way I did. This would be a real crappy way to lose, especially after the blown fumble call. We'll get to that in a minute. Phillip Rivers launching the ball down the field. You probably had the same nightmare I had. Well, Micah Hyde left no doubt about it. He broke up the Hail Mary attempt. The Bills win. So two critical moments. The goal line standing at the end of the first half and handling their business on the Hail Mary play were big moments where the defense responded very well. A couple more positives on the defense. Number one, they did a good job on Jonathan Taylor. That was the big story, right? Jonathan Taylor coming into this game, one of the hottest running backs in the league over the last six games, and the Bills hold him to 78 yards on 21 carries. That's under four yards per carry, 3.7. It's a great job. And the last positive that I'll say about the defense is that they were ready for the screen game. I think there were three or four different screen plays that Indy tried to run, and the Bills were ready. They were right there. Phillip Rivers had to eat the ball once. Matt Milano made a great stop on another, and I think the other was was dropped, but the Bills had tacklers right there. But the Bills did a good job defending the screen in this game, and I don't think we've always been able to say that about the Bills' defense. So a great job by Coach McDermott, Leslie Frazier, and the Bills' defense when it comes to containing John Taylor, defending the screen, and then coming away with big stops at the end of the second half and, of course, at the end of the game. Need to tell you guys about Built Bar. This is the best-tasting protein bar on the planet. I love them. They have 18 amazing flavors. Some of my favorites are cookies and cream. I love the lemon almond cheesecake. The raspberry is delicious. They're all great. 
and they're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. It's literally like eating a candy bar. Built Bar is great for anyone who is health conscious. Whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in something delicious, you got to try Built Bars. They're all low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone on the keto diet. I have a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's get into some things that I didn't like from this game, and I've got a lot to say here too. The first thing I want to get into is the refs blowing that fumble call. You know what I'm talking about. Jordan Poyer stripped the ball. It was a clear strip. He wasn't down. He fell down, not down by contact, didn't give himself up, stood up. Nobody touched him. Jordan Jordan Poyer punches the ball out. Trey White recovers it. Should have been the end of the game right there. No doubt about it. The call should have been reversed. Clear and obvious in every sense of the word. Two things were going through my mind when this play was being reviewed, which felt like forever. The first thing was that they weren't going to get the call right. I doubted the entire time that they were going to reverse the call. Not because I didn't think it was clear and obvious, but just because you see playoff games all the time come down to some stupid, blown call. Every person on Twitter said fumble. All of the former officials that are on Twitter said fumble. Colts fans were saying it was a fumble. Every NFL analyst that I know said it was a fumble. So my first thing was that I I literally doubted the entire time that they were going to get this call right. I was right about that. The second thing that I thought about, and maybe you had a similar thought like this. I thought about my grandmother. My grandmother's 80 years old. She loves the Bills. Loves them. She's been optimistic that every year was going to be the Bills year. Even through the drought years where we knew the Bills didn't have a chance, she was faithful and optimistic and believed in that football team. And she loves them. And the entire time I'm thinking about her. Chances to win playoff games, they are rare. We know this. Before Saturday, it didn't happen for 25 years. And as I'm doubting that they're going to get this call right, all I can think about was that she may never get a chance to see the Bills win a playoff game again and that an egregious non-reversal of a clear and obvious fumble could be the reason why. I was sick about it. And then my greatest fears were revealed when they said the call stands. Awful. I've said it a bunch of times on this podcast that bad officiating is part of football games, but come on. Miss a holding call. Miss a pass interference call. But not something that you review, that everybody in the world knows is clear and obvious. Awful. I'll move on. Bills did not play good complimentary football in the first half of this game. Despite starting every drive deep in Bills' territory, 
the Bills went three and out on three of their first four possessions of the game. Those drives started at the three, 11, and nine-yard line, three and out. The Colts' offense kept on getting short fields, and then when you thought the Bills had a chance to really end the field position woes after they scored that touchdown, they gave up the long return to Isaiah Rodgers, who I told you all about on the Friday pod. He's a sensational returner that has sub-4-3 speed, and I said, don't let that man return the football. Well, the Bills did, and he had that great return, and when you thought the field position problems were over, they weren't because they didn't cover the kick. Well, Tyler Bass had to make the tackle. Then, of course, obviously the defense couldn't get stops. So you have special teams issues, your defense couldn't get stops, and your offense goes three and out on three of its first four possessions of the game, and those drives started at the 3, 11, and 9-yard line. Let's get back to the defense. They allowed 472 yards and 27 first downs to the Colts. Colts were not a good third down offense during the season. They were 22nd in the league at 39% conversion. Well, on Saturday against the Bills, they go 11-21 on third and fourth down. Phillip Rivers diced the Bills up. Dude's lollipop and throws left and right for completions. You ever play pickup basketball? This is what Phillip Rivers is like. You ever play pickup basketball games? And there's that dude that's, I don't know, 40, 50 years old. He's not in great shape. Always seems to have a headband on and cotton shorts. But he just keeps hitting threes, right? Like, he's the last pick. You're picking your teams. Nobody wants this guy. He doesn't play defense. But he plays geezer ball. And he just hits shots, shot after shot, especially threes, right? He just launches these threes and he doesn't miss. I mean, that was Phillip Rivers in this game. He was that old dude playing pickup basketball games with a bunch of young bucks and just drilled three after three after three. So annoying. Him lollipopping those throws left and right. Bill's pass rush was terrible in this game. I understand that the Colts have an elite offensive line and that Phillip Rivers was one of the least pressured quarterbacks in the NFL. But this game was different. He was drifting back in the pocket and floating the ball all over the place. And it wasn't really as much of the quick passing and short throws. Bills couldn't get there. They have a left tackle that was retired a week ago. Practiced two days started against the Jaguars, played well, and then he played against the Bills and shut down the right defensive end, mostly Mario Anderson. When's the last time that dude made a play? Not since the Seattle game. I mean, he started off pretty good, but I don't think the dude has made a play since the Seattle game. Couldn't beat some guy that was retired two weeks ago, a left tackle. Phillip Rivers, the quarterback, couldn't get to him. Didn't sniff him the entire game. Pass rush was bad. Bills couldn't stop the tight ends. We're not talking about George Kittle and Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller. We're talking about the fearsome trio of Jack Doyle, Mo Cox, and Trey Burton. Those guys combined for 14 catches, 136 yards, and a touchdown. 
How about the quick scores late? This is probably the number one thing that bothered me with the Bills' defense. So we're talking about fourth quarter, right? The Bills score a touchdown. They go up 24-10 to with 14 minutes and 10 seconds left in the fourth quarter. The Colts respond, seven plays, 75 yards, touchdown in two minutes and 38 seconds of game clock. So it's back to a one-score game. The Bills respond with a field goal. They go up by 11. What do the Colts do on their next drive? Five plays, 76 yards, touchdown in one minute and 55 seconds of game clock to make it a three-point game with just over six minutes left in the fourth quarter. When you have a two-score lead in the fourth quarter, quick touchdown drives by the opponent are killers. This is stuff that we talked about from week one until the Arizona game. Things have been different for the last six weeks, but when you talk about Josh Allen having to be the offense, some of these issues on defense with tight ends and quick scores late when you have a big lead, I mean, it was a lot of that stuff that we saw earlier in the season. And whatever, the, the Colts scored touchdown drives late, but make them earn it. Like, there has to be more game clock that comes off. You, they, they had a touchdown drive in 238 and 155. I mean, that's way too fast. The Bills' defense has to come up with something better when they have leads late in games because those quick scores, I mean, that's a problem. All right, let's get back to the offense a little bit. Could not get John Brown going in this game. No catches on four targets, and he had an egregious drop. Pretty disappointing, especially after how good he was against Miami. I thought he'd have a great game, but he didn't. Zach Moss got injured. Looks like a significant ankle injury. You hate to see that, especially for a young player that had a pretty extensive injury history coming out of Utah. So, number one, I hate to see him get injured. Number two, he was ineffective. I've mostly been disappointed with Zach Moss this year. I think Devin Singletary is the better running back, and I'm close to being convinced that the Bills need to invest another day two pick on a running back. Somebody with some foot fire and some juice and some explosiveness. Because I don't know about this Singletary-Moss combination. I understand the Colts have a good run defense, all of that, right? I get it. But those guys just kind of get what's available and not much more. And obviously, Moss looks like he's got a pretty significant injury here. And when you think about his injury history in the past and the recovery time that could be ahead of him with an ankle that looked to be you know, pretty significant, you wonder about how ready he's going to be for next year. TJ Yeldon's a free agent. Are you going to go into the year with uh, Singletary and injured Moss, Antonio Williams and Christian Wade? Might need to invest another day two pick on a running back. You believe I'm saying that? All right, next thing. Josh Allen losing 23 yards on the sack. Remember this play? First and 10 at the Colts 34-yard line. 350 left in the game. The Bills are up by three points in complete control. Josh Allen loses 17 yards on the sack. Fumbles it, which took the ball back another six yards Suddenly, it's second and 33 from the Bills, 43. What a terrible swing. You're first and 10 from the Colts, 34. The next thing you know, you're second and 33 from the Bills, 43-yard line. Two plays later, the Bills punt, 
and the Colts have a chance to tie the game with a field goal or win it with a touchdown with 2.30 left in the game. Josh was really good in the game. I mean, you, you hate to harp on one play, and I think that's a play that's uncharacteristic of the Josh Allen we've seen this year. But that wasn't a time to take a big loss on a sack and you know compound the issue by fumbling it. Thank God Darrell Williams recovered that football, and we can forget about it. Thought the Bills were way too into the run game on Saturday. I know they only had 21 rushing attempts, which isn't a lot, but the Colts are thin at cornerback, and the Colts are great at stopping the run. You are very good at passing the football. You have five, six receivers that you can get the football to with consistency that presented a lot of problems for that Colts secondary. It looks like the Colts invited the Bills to run the football. They were playing a lot of deep safety stuff, which are good run looks, but the Bills didn't execute well. And I think you got to do what you do. I know that they were good looks to run the football, but go out and execute the passing game like you have. There were two different sequences in the game where the Bills ran three consecutive plays that did not feature Josh Allen throwing the football. That ain't the Bills. What happened the first time? It was a punt. The second time was the the Tyler Bass 46-yard field goal after the Bills ran it three consecutive plays from the Colts 31. How did they get to the 31? I'm glad you asked. A 10-yard completion to Cole Beasley, a 13-yard completion to Cole Beasley, and a 16-yard completion to Stephon Diggs. Oh, by the way, on that 16-yard completion to Stephon Diggs, the play before, the Bills ran it three times in a row to set up a long field goal. The Colts' starting cornerback, TJ Carey, who was in the game because their starting quarterback, Rocky Sin, wasn't available, so it's their backup corner. He got injured on the play, and the Bills respond by running it three straight times and kicking a field goal. That ain't great. But that is going to wrap up our things I didn't like from this game. So we've talked about things I liked. We've talked about things I didn't like. Now it's time to talk about what's next for the Bills. Revisit my predictions and uh, let you know what's going to happen next year on the podcast. So what's next for the Bills? We don't know yet. We know that they're going to host a team in the AFC next weekend. We don't know what day. We don't know who they're playing. Now, we do know that it can be one of three teams. If the Steelers beat the Browns, the Bills play the Steelers. That's it. End of discussion. If the Browns beat the Steelers, then the Bills will play the winner of Ravens and Titans. And, of course, Ravens-Titans is the 1 o'clock game, and the Steelers and Browns is the 8 o'clock game. So we won't know the Bills' opponent until late on Sunday night. What do I say about all this? If your choices of teams to play are the Steelers, Titans, and Ravens, and if the Steelers win, you play the Steelers, go Steelers. I think that would be the best matchup for the Bills next weekend. So how did I do on my predictions? Not good, folks. 
Number one, I predicted that Jonathan Taylor would have at least one fumble. I cited that he fumbled the ball 18 times in 41 games in college and that he had only fumbled once so far this season, so I figured he was due. I was wrong about that. He did not fumble. Number two, I said 200 yards from Stephon Diggs and John Brown combined. Well, that didn't happen because Diggs did his part with 128 yards And John Brown didn't have any receiving yards in this game. Number three, I predicted that both kickers would have a miss. Well, Rodrigo Blankenship from the Colts, he obliged, but Tyler Bass said, nah, I'm not going to do that, Joe. I'm going to hit one from 46. I'm going to hit one from 54, the longest ever by a rookie in postseason history, and I'm going to drill all three of my extra points. You're dumb. That's what Tyler Bass said to me. Number four, I predicted four combined touchdowns for Josh Allen. He only got three, so I was wrong about that. So I didn't hit any of my uh, you know, game script predictions, but I did get this one right. I said the Bills would win, and I got that correct. Now, I parlayed that. I said that they would host the Steelers in round two. So we'll see if I, uh, I got the full parlay there, but the fact that I predicted the Bills win and they won, I'm taking that. So what's going to happen here on the podcast the rest of the week? Well, this is going to be a crazy week for me and my family. I'm actually selling my house. We close on my house on Tuesday. We close on my new house on Wednesday, and we're moving on Thursday. So it is going to be a wild week for me and the fam. But rest assured, I'm going to deliver our normal week of podcast, except for this podcast today. This is going to serve as the Monday podcast. I wasn't going to make you wait an entire day for you to hear my thoughts on this game. So it's Victory Sunday. It's also going to serve as the Monday podcast. Tuesday, herd mentality. Wednesday, comprehensive primer on whoever the Bills are going to face. Thursday will be our crossover preview with the host of the podcast of the team that the Bills end up facing. And then, of course, Friday, Leftover thoughts. We'll talk to banged up Bills about the injuries, and I'll give you my predictions for the game. So make sure that you don't miss it. Hit that subscribe button, rate, review, and share the podcast. And I look forward to catching up with you again on Tuesday.